0: You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Koop. Today we're going to talk about how, to, how, how the Holy Spirit helps us to win in the everyday struggles of life. The whole series is on the Holy Spirit this month and even going into next month we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. My mom phoned me yesterday afternoon. Usually on Saturday, my mom will give me a call and just see how I'm doing. My mom still checks up on me, which is a good thing. I like that. She called me and said, Dave, how are you doing? doing great. She says, what are you working on? I'm working on my message. What are you speaking on tomorrow? I said, we're speaking about the Holy Spirit. She said, oh, good. We need to talk more about the Holy Spirit in the churches. We don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit often talk about God, God the Father. We talk about Jesus, God the Son. But we don't talk enough about God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. He said, "I'm going away, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and he's going to be with you. And not only will he be with you, he's going to be in you. The Holy Spirit's going to be in you." And so we must talk about the Holy Spirit. You and I have challenges every week in our life. Decisions we have to make, choices we have to make. And another thing that we struggle with is sometimes that old nature tries to rise up and tries to do things we used to do, bad habits, etc. And we need the help of the Holy Spirit every single day. And He is there to help us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. So today, a very practical message on how the Holy Spirit helps us in our everyday struggles. But before we can really get into this, we have to understand that that power is on the inside of us. You have to know the right place to look for that power. He's on the inside of us. I really think as a church, we need a fresh revelation. Not just our church, but the church as a whole needs a fresh revelation. Maybe look at it again. Never get tired of studying that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. He's on the inside of us. There's a story about a farmer in Texas. It was the 1920s, the late 20s, and he was poor. He didn't have enough money to pay his bills he had had government assistance to make to make do and uh, one day he heard about a seismic crew from an oil company that had gone through the that area of their county And he said, why don't you come to my farm and do some seismic testing there? When he bought the land, he had the mineral rights come with it. And when you buy land, typically you don't get the mineral rights with it. Very rare do you do that anymore. If you go to Saskatchewan, southern Saskatchewan, Estevan, you can buy land there that has mineral rights. Parts of Alberta still do. But for the most part, you never get the mineral rights anymore with it. But there was a day you bought land, the mineral rights came with it because they didn't suspect there'd be any minerals there anyhow. But he had mineral rights. So they came, and they did a little of seismic testing, very crude back then, and they said, you know, we're going to drill a wildcat well on your land, and we'll sign a lease, and of course, you have the mineral rights, so the majority of anything that's produced, if something was to be produced, would be yours. So they drilled that well, and it's, in, it's called the uh, Yates Pool Field, that's the name of that oil reserve. The first well, at 1,115 feet, came in at 80,000 barrels a day. Now, even back then, with the price of oil, what it was, you can do the math, that's a lot of money. We drilled a lot of wells in Alberta and Saskatchewan, and, and I know that if we were, we were drilling wells in the of Saskatchewan, in that area, and we had wells that came in at 1,000 barrels a day, we thought we were doing really good. 80,000 barrels a day is really good production. They went on to drill other wells in there. It was one of the best producing areas. But here's the deal on the story. All this time he was living poor, just barely getting by. He was in poverty. But right beneath him was this incredible richness. And once that came to the surface, once that gushed out, he realized he was incredibly wealthy. Likewise, many Christians are living in spiritual poverty when they're actually spiritual billionaires. You are a spiritual billionaire. How do you know that? Paul said that you have been blessed with every. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. There is a new covenant. You've been blessed with all of that. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it's there in your notes. He said, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, that's a lot of stuff, exceedingly abundant above all that we can ask or think according to what? The power, where is it? Working in us. There is incredible power on the inside of you. Now, of course, the enemy wouldn't like you to know that. That's why it's called a mystery. Paul said, another place, he said, this is the mystery of the gospel. This is what was hidden. But it has been revealed to us. We can know this. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so as we talk about the Holy Spirit, we must understand that there is incredible power on the inside of us. If you missed last week's message, go get the podcast and listen to it because we talk more about just how the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. I have a friend in Mexico named Wayne Myers. He's getting older now. He's in his 90s. But one of the phrases I like, he said, he goes, Mama, Mama, my. Whenever he, you know, instead of like an amen, he'll go, Mama, Mama, my. And that's a good place to say, Mama, Mama, my. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Mama, Mama, my. I got the Holy Spirit inside of me. He said, Well, I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. I guess the key is, you know, they had to drill down to release it. And once they released it, that Holy Spirit was flowing. Holy Spirit wants to flow out of your life, but we need to do something. We need to learn something. We need to kind of tap into that power, if you like, for the Holy Spirit to flow out of us. I need to add this in this message about the Holy Spirit. Please understand that there are other spirits at work besides the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Holy Spirit, pure, clean, powerful, loving, always wants the best for you. That's the Holy Spirit. But there are other spirits at work. This past week, I sat down in a coffee shop and had my devotions there. Do you ever change up your devotions? Sometimes I'll have it at home, and sometimes I'll, you know, sit down at the park and have devotions, and sometimes I like just to go to the coffee shop and me and Jesus have coffee. And uh, I only buy one cup, of course, but it's, I'm not that weird. Uh <laughs> But anyhow, I sat down and had a cup of coffee, and I'm doing my devotions. I was reading the Book of Matthew, studying Matthew's story, and and, uh, and as I was sitting there, I heard this conversation. This there's a group of people just a little ways from me, and they were having this conversation about ghosts. And I, I oh, that's interesting. They're talking about ghosts. And uh, one lady said, "You know, I." I had an experience with a ghost, and the ghost was a nice ghost. The ghost was lonely, and so she told me, she was telling them about the ghost. And somebody said, well, I think it's an evil spirit. She goes, oh, an evil spirit? No, it might have been a good spirit. And what caught my attention was, now, they weren't of any particular faith that I could tell, but they were really, really hungry in spiritual things. And in a day and age when we have this hunger for spiritual things, we need to remember that there are other spirits out there besides the Holy Spirit. In her story, she talked about this one group of guys. They've been listening to some music. And the music, she, this is her story. It was so, she was just sitting. I wasn't, I wasn't eavesdropping, but I just couldn't help but hear it. And I, you know, being that we're talking about the Holy Spirit, I was kind of keen to hear what they're talking about. But she said this. Some of her friends had been listening to music. And she said the music was recorded as this person was entertaining an evil spirit. They went up on the mountain to listen to it. And then the spirit manifested and it freaked them out. So they got in their car and they raced back down to town. And when they were there, that spirit was there waiting for them again. And they didn't know what to do. But somewhere they must have learned this because they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, go. And she said that spirit left them. So even though they didn't know a lot of things about spirituality per se, but they knew something. And there was a hunger for spiritual things. Folks, Isn't is really important. As we want to grow in God, be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, not other spirits. Paul said, or Timothy, yet to Timothy he says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. It's possible that our faith can, we can walk away from our faith, that our faith can get weak when we give in to other spirits. And then Leviticus it says, Do not rely on mediums and psychics, for you will be defiled by them. I, the Lord, am your God. How do we apply that today? You don't need a psychic. You don't need a horoscope. You don't need a palm reader, a tarot card to guide your future. The Holy Spirit said, I will guide you. I will show you things to come. Some of us have grown up in cultures or backgrounds where we we had different spiritisms and so forth. You know what? I think the Holy Spirit is grieved when we start looking for some other spirit to guide us, when the Holy Spirit has come to guide us. He will lead us into truth. He'll guide us. There's no manipulation. There's no trick in it. He just really wants the best for us. But we need to yield to the Holy Spirit, not to some other spirit. So that's just a side note. We could preach on that the whole sermon. But be careful. Don't yield to some other spirit. Matter of fact, in a lot of cultures, what they'll do, a lot of countries, they'll take all the stuff that they had before. They did it in the book of Acts, and they burnt it all. You can read in the book of Acts. They piled up all the things from different mediums, psychics, and so forth. And they burnt it. They got rid of it. And sometimes we need to just clear it out, get rid of it. Oh, Lord, I just want you. I want the Holy Spirit. We don't have to grieve the Holy Spirit. It grieves Him if we go looking somewhere else. Holy Spirit will guide us. He'll show us things to come. So that's important to understand. Then I think this next point, really key, if you want to be led by the Spirit and work with the Holy Spirit. And that's simply this. The Holy Spirit works with your spirit. And if you don't know that you're a spiritual being, we could miss it. God is a spirit, the Bible says. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Didn't say God is a mind. Didn't say God is a body. It says God is a spirit. As a spirit, he dwells in our spirit. So now we have to understand, well, where is my spirit? If he dwells in my spirit, where is it? Again, this might be review for some of us, but remember that we are a three-part being. Number one, you have a physical body. You've got to have one of these earth suits to be on the planet. If this earth suit wears out and dies, you don't get to be here anymore. But as long as you have one of these earth suits, you can be on the planet. And uh, one day we'll get a new earth suit or a new body. Not a new earth suit, but we'll get a resurrected body. And it's going to be really nice. It'll never wear out. It'll have some features that this one might not have anymore. And (laughs) I'm just saying... You might be looking forward to something else, but I'm looking forward to uh, throwing my hair back. Used to be able to do that, but I had wavy hair, and I'll wave goodbye. And so this is where we're at today. So bad. Anyhow, we are a three-part being. Got to have this. This body is one part, and then we have a soul. A lot of people think that's as far as it goes. I have a soul as your mind, your will, your emotions. So that's the soulish part of us. But really, the third part is the spirit person, the spirit man. The Bible calls it the inner man, the inner you, the one that's the real you on the inside of you. That's where God guides us. He guides us through our spirit primarily, not through our body, not through our reasoning. He guides us through our spirit because he is a spirit. Now, all of these overlap. The spirit overlaps with the soul. The soul overlaps with the body. If your body hurts, your mind hurts. It affects everything. But we're guided by the spirit. That's where he lives. Paul had an interesting instruction for us. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. It's in your notes. Look what Paul says here. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Here's a question about this verse. When he said, I discipline my body like an athlete, who is the I? Because this is my body. But who is the I that disciplines my body? It's the spirit. That's the real I. When he says, I discipline my body, he says, my spirit. So my spirit is in charge. Not my body and not my soul, my mind. It's my spirit in charge. If you live your life letting your body dictate what to do, how many know your life's going to be half full? It's going to be lots of ups and downs because you'll be living by your feelings. One day you'll feel like doing it. The next day you won't feel like doing it. Here, Paul said, like an athlete, my body doesn't boss me around. I boss my body around. You have to tell your body what to do. Your body won't want to get up early in the morning and pray. It will say, stay in bed. Do not get up and pray. Do not get up in bed. It will say, eat too much. My body likes to have five pieces of banana cream pie. But I have to say, body, you can't have five pieces of banana cream pie. You can have one once in a while. But that's it. I have to. My body doesn't like to go to the gym. My body doesn't like Saturday morning. I hate to admit this as a pastor, but I'm going to tell you a little secret. Saturday mornings, I know I won't sound very spiritual, but Saturday mornings... My body doesn't want to get up and come to early morning prayer. My body wants to stay in bed. And I have to say, body, guess what? We are going to prayer. Come on, buddy. You are going to prayer. And once I get to prayer, I like it. But I have to tell my body, who's I? Who's the person telling it? It's my spirit. The real me on the inside. That's where the Holy Spirit's working. He's working with the Spirit inside of me. Another verse, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. So again, my spirit man is in charge. I'm presenting my body. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I take charge of it. It's through my spirit that God's going to be working. So let's understand how the Holy Spirit leads us couple of points. Number one, primarily. Now, you got to get this. This is really important for our Christian life. The primary way God will lead us is through what we call an inner witness. I don't know how to make it any simpler than when I talk to kids about it. If I'm teaching children about it, I'll say, you'll either have a really good feeling inside of you or you'll have a really yucky feeling inside of you. If it's a yucky feeling, don't go. If it's a good, And we tell our children, if somebody comes up and talks to you and you have a yucky feeling inside of it, just trust that feeling. Something's not right. They could be offering you candy. They could be saying something. But if you feel yucky inside, then don't, don't go there. I heard about a church and they were pastoring or interviewing pastors for this position. And I thought it was very interesting. One of the final criteria for hiring that pastor is they brought him with the children. And they wanted to see how the children would react to him. And if the children were warm to him, they said, that's, a, that's an endorsement. If the children were cold to him, that was, okay, let's be careful. Because sometimes children are more sensitive in their spirit than we are. Because they, they, can, they can hear it easier. Our mind gets in the way. And so we want to isolate our spirit. Very important you know that he talks in your spirit. And the primary way is just by a witness. You'll feel good, you'll feel bad, or maybe a yellow light, you'll feel a caution. An inner witness. Uh, there's a verse there in your in your handout, Romans 8:16. The Spirit Himself, Himself bears witness. Another translation says deep in our spirit he speaks to us that we are children of God. He leads us as children of God. He he bears witness. He he just leads you by that. And a lot of times that's all we get is just a piece, a check, and we it's a compass. It's like there's it's more than intuition. It's the Holy Spirit guiding us by a witness. I call it GPS. You know the regular GPS is global positioning system, right? But God has God's positioning system where he positions you in the right place. And it's kind of like GPS. You know, you have GPS on your phone, right? And uh, you can... This has helped us a lot of times. Cheryl's not here to defend herself, so I won't go there. But uh, it has been a blessing to our marriage to have... GPS. And a lot of it's my fault because guys don't like to ask for directions. And so this has been very helpful for us. But if I had a phone like this, how many know that the fact that I had GPS on here would do me no good if I was lost if I didn't know I had GPS, if I didn't know I had that app already loaded? Likewise, a lot of Christians are wandering and lost, don't realize that the Holy Spirit will actually guide them through whatever challenge they have. He will really guide us. So like a GPS, it really will guide us. So one, you have to know that it's there. But more than knowing that it's there, when I open up the app, it usually asks me for my location. What is your current location? Or it gives you the current location. Aren't you glad God knows your location? He knows exactly where you are today. And, uh, you know, the nice thing about God is you never get out of range. You never get disconnected. He's he's always with you wherever you are. What was the song that we sang earlier today? Uh, I'm trying to remember the... The words to it. Um, but I'm forgetting. Bear with me. I will it will come. I wrote it down. God never lets go. Now, remember that the song we say? He never lets go? When I, when I was singing that earlier today, I was thinking about how sometimes I lose connection, I get out of range, having no signal. Isn't it sad? No service. What? No service. And you think about your, you know, your provider, Rogers, Fido, whatever. What? There's no service here. No Wi-Fi. And, and in our day and age, with no service, no Wi-Fi, we're kind of stuck, aren't we? You know what? With God, there's always service. There's always Wi-Fi. You are always connected. So first and foremost, with God's system, you're always connected. But then you have to say, well, where do I want to go? And you have to enter that into here to wherever you want to go. So when you're entering it in, how do I enter in? That's called Prayer. We bring to God, here's where I need direction. I need direction on how to raise my child. If you have a teenage daughter today, and she's 12, 13 years old, and she's going to a public school, if you've been watching the news, how many know our parents need some guidance and direction raising children into a very caustic environment? We saw that on the news of this young girl that committed suicide. And just, I mean, every one of us, our heart, we're praying. We just, our heart goes out to that and says, God, guide these people. There, there is a guide. There is a Lord. There's somebody for you to help navigate your way through that. For that teenager to navigate through that, you say, God, get me through this year, through this business transaction I need to do, or through this immigration process, this school. Which school do I go to? Every day, we need guidance. And you do that by prayer. And you may think, well, you know what? That's too petty. It's too small. Should I really be bringing all these little things to God? The answer is, why not? God's got lots of bandwidth. You're not going to overload him. It's not like he's going, oh, are you kidding me, that request? You're really asking me that? I know we have to use our brain. I know God gave it to us to use. So we're not going to discount that. But I'm just encouraging you, do not hesitate to bring these things to the Lord. He cares about everything about our lives. He says, I see the sparrow fall. You are so much more valuable than the sparrow. Bring your needs. I will guide you. I will direct you. I care about you. Enter it in, and I'll give you step-by-step instructions on how you are to go. He is our guiding system in a hurting, broken world. A number of years ago now, Pastor Cheryl, in one of our weekends, she said to me one day, she said, Dave, I don't think I can come to the service this Sunday, which is very unusual because virtually every single service Sunday Sunday service, Cheryl's always here, but this service, she says, I don't think I can go to church this weekend. I'm kind of surprised. I go, what? what's up? She says, I really feel like, I don't know what it is, I just feel in my heart that I need to go. Her dad was pastoring out in Langley. Said, I feel like I need to be at that service. And it wasn't like, it was just this, just this prompting in her spirit to be there. And so she went out to the service that day. And her sister showed up that day, her other sister, and other sister attended there, and they were there, kind of like all the sisters were there, and her dad spoke, and then afterwards he asked for prayer, and she went up. She was the only one that went up for prayer, and he came, and he prayed for a powerful prayer. He prayed over her dad praying for her as a pastor was praying for her, and he just prayed into her. She felt so impressed to go that day, and she received that prayer, but what she didn't know was that would be the last day he would ever speak. Shortly thereafter, he passed away, but the Holy Spirit knew God's positioning system. And it was just just a feeling. It was just the Holy Spirit inside nudging her to go. So we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in our everyday life. He's going to guide us. Secondly, he guides us with his voice. God will speak to us through his voice. The Holy Spirit has a voice. It's good to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Look at John 16, verse 13. However, he, the Spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you into all truth. He's not going to trick you. He's not going to lie to you. He's not going to send you down the wrong trail. He will guide you into truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Would you say that with me this morning? He will speak. One more time. He will speak because your spirit has ears. Your spirit has ears, it can hear, and your spirit has a voice, it will speak. Your your body speaks with feelings, your mind speaks with reasoning, but there's a voice in your spirit, and it sounds like peace, it sounds gentle, never condemning. Holy Spirit does not come to condemn. Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the world, I came to save the world. Never condemning. Holy Spirit will speak to us. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, that means we as sheep have ears, our spirit has ears, My sheep hear my voice, they know my voice, they follow me, I'll give them eternal life, they'll never perish, nor can any man take them out of my hand. This is the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking in us. Acts chapter 10, verse 19, here's an example. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Now, again, remember, primarily, the Holy Spirit leads us by an inner witness, you feel good, you feel a check, you feel a peace, you feel a caution. That's the primary way. But there are times where the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And oh, it's so good to hear his voice. Now, have you ever rented a car and had GPS or you got GPS in your vehicle? You got a bunch of people in your vehicle and you're driving down the road and especially in a strange city, not so bad in Vancouver, but let's say you're in another city. You've never driven there before. You're driving down the road and you've plugged in where you want to go and you got that little voice that speaks to you, you know, in half a mile, turn right or whatever it is it speaks to you. And when it's speaking to you, I don't know about you, but I say, I turn down the radio. I tell everybody oh, in the vehicle, be quiet. I got to hear my instructions. And if I miss it, it says recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. And I say, okay, be quiet. And sometimes to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, we have to turn off some of the noise. That means you got to pull out your earphones, turn off your iPad or iPhone, or whatever you got, and turn off the TV, pull away from the distractions, and just pull back into your prayer closet. Okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Speak to me. Because he really wants to guide us but we sometimes have to turn off some of the distractions. That doesn't mean God can't speak to us in the middle of a field or the middle of a subway or wherever, but to hear him, especially on decisions, it's good just to, like a GPS, turn down the noise so you can hear him speaking to you. My first mission trip was to India. We have a team leaving for India today. Our global alpha training team's going there. What time's your plane leave, Brad? 8.30 tonight? Yeah, yay. Cheer these guys on. Going to India, Hyderabad, one other city, and uh, they're going to be training pastors and leaders how to do Alpha over there. We love Alpha here, and it's been such a great blessing to our church. We're training other pastors around the world. So one of the cities we go to this year is Hyderabad, and and it's their first trip to India for some of them. My first trip to India, folks, I made so many mistakes. It was, I could teach a lesson on what not to do on mission trips from my first trip there. Anyhow, I landed in Madras. Now it's called something else, I forget. But landed in Madras, and I I went to my uh, hotel for night. Had to fly on the next day. And I I, I checked out of the hotel, paid my bill, and I'm walking to the door. I get to the door. I can remember the place. I get to the door, and the Holy Spirit says in my spirit, buy some Indian rupees. I go, God, that makes no sense. And so I kept walking. I know you would never do that, but it just made no sense. You know, because sometimes your brain will say, no, no, it's good, but your spirit says something else. Watchman Nee, the great Chinese theologian, said, we're led by our spirit, and we prove it with our mind. In other words, our mind catches up later on, but your spirit will tell you. And so the Holy Spirit spoke to my spirit inside by Indian rupees. I said, God, that doesn't make any sense. I don't need Indian rupees. I'm going to land there. They told they have a great party going to wait for me there, waiting for me. They've got flowers to put around my neck. They're so excited that I'm coming. I'm their preacher for this conference, and so they're so excited to have me. I don't need to buy rupees. Everything's taken care of. So I kept walking, and the Holy Spirit says, buy some Indian rupees. I thought, well, can't hurt. So I turned around, and I walked back, and I said, do you have some Indian rupees? I'd like to buy $100 American, $100 American dollars of rupees. They said, yes. So I get on a plane. I fly. I land there. I landed in on the Bay of Bengal there, and it was like coming into an airport out of an Indiana Jones movie set. It really, it was just like that. On the ceiling, the big fan creaking with a leather belt. It was dusty. It was a military base. The so guys walking around soldiers, and, and it was like that. And I waited, got my luggage, and I was waiting for the party to greet me. Oh, any minute, they're going to be here now. Waited, waited. Apparently, I'm the only one left in the airport, except for the workers. So, I went to leave the airport and go outside, and they said, "Oh, if you leave, you can't come back in." So, I looked around. Where's my party? Nobody's there. So now, what do I do? So, I went back. I'm stumped. I thought, "Oh, I could phone. I had one telephone number." So, I went back and I said, "Excuse me, could I get a phone?" They said that you can use a phone over there. So, went over there. I said, "Can I use a the phone?" They said, "Yes." But you can only use a phone if you have Indian rupees. I said, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You're so helpful. I would have been out of luck. I would have been in trouble. But in that struggle, the Holy Spirit was there to help me. He didn't tell me why to buy Indian rupees. He doesn't have to tell you why. You just obey. I was like, God, why do I need it? He didn't say anything. Buy Indian rupees. That's all he said. But that helped me so much. And so I bought the rupees and I phoned them. I said, hey, this is Dave Coop. I'm here at the airport. Yes. Oh, we forgot. Yeah. <laughs> this is my warm welcome. <laughs> no flowers. They came back. Oh, glad you're here. Took me to the hotel. It was, yeah, I, lots of things I learned out of that trip. But the Holy Spirit never left me. He was there for me. Guides us. So what does the Holy Spirit sound like? There's an inner witness, a yes or a no. And, of course, then there's also... He leads us by his voice. It will always agree with the Bible. His voice sounds like the Bible. It doesn't sound like something else. Now, people sometimes will ask, okay, I'm a little bit confused. Is this me saying this? Or is this my spirit saying this? Or is, it, is this the devil? And sometimes people say, oh, the Holy Spirit told me this, Holy Spirit told me that. I said, wait a minute, the Holy Spirit didn't tell you that. How do you know that? Because it's not scriptural. The Holy Spirit will always line up with the Scripture." So how do I tell the difference between my voice or what the Holy Spirit is saying? Read the Bible more. Because the Word of God is quick and powerful, and the Bible says it divides between soul and spirit. The more you study God's Word, the more you learn to hear God's voice and recognize it. Like a toddler that has to learn how to walk, we learn to walk in the Spirit journal, write it down. When you say, oh, God spoke to me, and you see it come to pass, write those things down. The more you journal, the more you'll learn to be led and recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. It really is a difference to having victory in our everyday struggles. And the last way the Holy Spirit helps us, very important, is when we have to wrestle against what our old nature wants to do. And we call that the flesh, because the flesh wants to go one way, the Holy Spirit wants to go another way. In Galatians 5 verse 16, Paul said, "So advise to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves." How do we have victory over that? Romans 8:13, Paul said this, Very important. Listen closely. He said, "By the spirit, you will put to death the deeds of the flesh." In Galatians five, he lists the flesh, uh, the deeds of the flesh, the lusts of the flesh. It includes sexual immorality. Impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, hostility, quarreling, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, divisions, and so forth. He lists them all. How do we overcome those temptations? Where do we get power? Not just our willpower. There's a power of the Holy Spirit in our everyday struggles. When men come to me and say, man, I, I can't get victory over pornography. I said, you're right. On your own, you can't. But I know someone. I know the Holy Spirit by the Spirit You can have this. By the Spirit, you'll put it to death. it will no longer have a hold in your life. But you need the power of the Holy Spirit in that everyday struggle. In your decisions, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.